Welcome to Go Yard, and we are glad you've joined us this night. I'm Mama Mac, along with my co-host, the ever-crazy, fun, wise, wonderful Dr. Angel Falzoni. Good evening, Dr. Angel. Good evening. How are you doing? Wow. Great introduction. I know. I, I, you know, it just kind of happens right there. You know, it's not thought about. Obviously, it's not. Uh, but anyway, welcome, audience. And uh, wherever you're listening to us, uh, live in the Tampa Bay area, that's great. Or if you're listening on Starcom Media Network. And I just talked to the CEO this morning of Starcom and found out that this show is played um, every single Saturday and Sunday, both times, right around noon on Starcom Media, radionetwork.com. So you can go there, Starcom Radio Network. And uh, so you can always listen there. So God is really blessing this show, Doctor. I say that because I really believe He is. We have had such amazing things happen on the show for what, 13, 14 months now? I know. It, it just feels like it's been such a short ride and so much has happened. So much has happened. We've covered so many topics, you know. And, you know, you as a professional PhD and licensed mental health counselor, bring us that, you know, that wisdom from education and your practice, which we absolutely cannot ever put that down. That's just so valuable to this. And me and years in pastoring and counseling. And together, I, I you know, we just we come up with these topics i think it's interesting don't you i do you know they really just come from life everyday life things that we're dealing with in one way or another right some some of it's personal some of it's professional but they come out of the trenches of life and it's fun it is so much fun it really is and um so often we don't we change things right before we get here all kinds of things happen and we just let things happen and uh, that's fun if you've missed some shows through through these 14 months we encourage you to go to our website and everything is there we have a webmaster here locally that will put all of our shows on our website at the end of each month he does it quickly and just you know drops them over there so all through october of 2015 those shows are on our website goyard2014.org org it's not a dot com goyard2014.org also facebook we've got facebook uh, yes facebook yeah. backslash goyard1340 backslash goyard1340 so you can go there and see things and uh, it's really good to go back and listen to some shows again and again isn't it for 
obvious reasons. Oh, definitely. Because something that we're talking about today, it may not relate to you, but in six months, it might be exactly where you're at. And I cannot tell you how many times people have said to me, you know, I went back and I listened to this series or I did this, you know, and some of our shows are in series. There are two or three shows because there's so much to cover. Tonight's an interesting topic, Dr. Angel. I'm going to ask you a question, but actually I want to talk about this topic before I get to what your answer would be. The title of this show is What Scares? you that's a good topic what scares you dr angel then before you answer personally because i will get to you there let's talk about you know fear in general because it's a it's a topic that a lot of people feel but they don't want to talk about very much personally i mean it's like admitting some of those fears is kind of scary you know it is you know because it makes us vulnerable it makes yeah. us you know come across weak it makes us feel like you know there's something wrong with us mm-hmm. and especially when we're adults or even men really struggle with fears or just putting words to i am feeling fearful of this right do you see that in your practice? Oh, I see that all the time. Especially when you're handling couples or situations going on that it's hard for people to articulate what they're really afraid of. It's true. You know, and the funny thing, or well, the ironic thing I notice is the more educated or professional an individual is, the more challenging that fear word is for that person. Oh, yes, I'm sure. Because there's kind of a stigma or a taboo to, to acknowledging that you're afraid or something is scaring you. Uh, don't you think there's that taboo? I think that people think there's that taboo. Everybody okay. experiences fear at some point in their lives continually. It'll change and grow as we grow, but we always are experiencing some kind of fear. Okay, so that's not necessarily a bad thing if our audience is going, I'm battling some fears here. In fact, no, it's, it's not a bad. It's not a bad thing. In fact, it's a very healthy thing. Um, for an example, somebody who might be feeling um, fearful of not making a good grade in the class, maybe they're going to do extra studying when it comes to their, there their test, you go. and that fear now is giving them that extra drive to do what they needed to be successful. Exactly. So there are some good components of fear. Um, fear is kind of our body's natural alarm system that maybe something's not right. We've talked, I think we should go back over that fear and flight and all of that stuff that we've talked about before. Well, the fight, flight, and freeze. Yes, <laughs> the fight, fright, and freeze. And that is our body's alarm system. So it lives in the limbic system of our brain. And what okay. it is, is our it's our God innate given brain's ability to let us know when something is a danger. Okay. And so that fear will, feeling of fear will flood us, and right. our brain is going to either um, fly from the situation, freeze, or um, fight, flight, or freeze. So they're gonna, we're gonna run, we're gonna freeze, or we're gonna fly. We're gonna, you know, right. get out of there. So right. And a lot of people do try to get out of a situation, don't they, when something is going on? And sometimes that's a good thing because if if you really are in danger or you uh, are in in the you know, the traffic or whatever, and you have something that's happening to you, yeah, you're going to react. Absolutely. And so what happens is it actually brain-wise, it lets your brain do an activity without it going to your processing part of your brain, your reasoning and logic. So when we hit that really intense mode, we're not thinking and processing with our logic. Our brain is automatically thinking and processing for us. It kind of skips that. It sends extra blood to the system so that it can react the way it needs to in that situation. So are you talking about like an adrenaline rush? Oh, adrenaline is definitely part of that whole thing. Your heart rate will get faster. Your breathing gets faster. It's your whole 
brain letting your whole body system know something is dangerous. You've heard of people that do superhuman things that they don't intend to set out to do, right? The Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk, yeah. But, I mean, lifting a car. I've, I've heard so many stories of people that have been in a bad situation and these guys run up and they lift a car off of someone or, you know, something like that. That's part of what this system you're talking about. Absolutely. And that's like the neurochemistry of fear. And so it does. It gives our body strength that we might not have known we had. Right. And it definitely, incredible things can happen in those moments. It's a very short span of time that we get that. But absolutely, it's there to help us survive. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. So in your practice and in your life, you know, with your family and everything, um, did you grow up uh, ever having fears, doctor? Oh, my goodness. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm uh, actually putting you on the spot. You are. Don't we all? We do. I remember being afraid of the dark, and I remember being afraid of the boogeyman when I was a little kid. The boogeyman. Oh, yeah. The boogeyman. Forgot about him. Yeah, I never wanted to sleep with my closets open. Uh, Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And and isn't that normal for kids? Oh, absolutely. A lot of of children experience some of those fears. And so, you know, I deal with parenting and parents, and a lot of times, especially male children that are experiencing them, dads will be like, oh, they need to suck it up and man up. There's nothing to be afraid of. Right. You know what? Putting a simple nightlight will help that child feel safe and overcome that fear. Absolutely. Without feeling belittled for having that fear. Absolutely. So it's a good thing. It is. That happens. And we need to kind of um, be empathetic, even when they seem unreasonable. Right. Exactly. And yeah, we don't want our kids to to feel that they are being a, a wuss, I suppose, is the word, you know, or yeah. So, okay. And don't you think, doctor, that this whole area of a fear it, it keeps stays with us our whole lives this isn't something that goes away when we get to 18 or 15 no and they can grow okay um, fears can definitely grow as we get through life they can kind of become the shackles that just hold us back and hold us down okay and that is so how big of a problem are we talking about well it depends on how we learn how to deal with our fear okay so if we learn that we have a fear we acknowledge i have this fear but I still make choices to go forward and live my life with my goals, then I'm, I'm a normal, healthy person who's acknowledged the fear, but I didn't let the fear hold me back. However, however a lot of people <laughs> get stuck in, I am feeling fearful about this, so they avoid or have an aversion to the things they're fearful for. So anything that could uh, put them in that way of that fear, they're right. going to avoid, and they're they're not going to go where they want to go. And they, it's just the fears grow as we give it um, freedom; they grow. Okay, which reminds me of that sentence you say a lot: "What you feed grows, and what you starve dies." And this is really true with fear. Yeah, yeah. So, so th- there must be a conscious effort made, right, to really. Get, get this whole thing under control, whatever it is in people's lives that holds them back. And if it is fear, which it probably is in a lot of people's situations, we got to talk about that. And it seems to me, doctor, that a lot of people are reticent to talk about fear. It's a sign of weakness, which we kind of talked about earlier with the, the young boy, with the dad. Mm-hmm. But even as adults, we I tend to not want to bring that up, what we're thinking, you know, in that area, you think? Well, definitely. it's It can be a taboo topic to make us feel like we're weak or less than or not enough. Or, right. And so it, it definitely can be a topic that we avoid. Right. 
Okay. It's not one of those that we're hanging out with, you know, girls night out or guys night out. We're hanging out. Oh, guess what I'm afraid of this week. Yeah, it just doesn't happen. We're not going to admit that, are we? And usually if we are willing to admit it, it's because something really big is pending, like a medical diagnosis that's overhanging and we're fearful that this is cancer or a heart condition or something big. Then we're willing to put some words because it's overwhelming to us. But those fears that really become the shackles are the ones that we don't put words to. I agree with you. And I think that's a very important uh, point right here because so many people are just absolutely, uh, they've internalized that fear Mm -hmm. and it's in there and it is, it is affecting their lives. It's affecting what happens each day, but if they don't talk about it, it's almost like, well, maybe it'll go away, you know? And it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Maybe Whoa. it will, but it doesn't. It grows. And so one of the therapy techniques that we use um, when somebody's having a fearful, a fear to something, say they have a fear of crowds. That's a common fear. Okay. So we will do something called flooding where we'll start introducing them to small crowds and we'll do it therapeutically and then maybe a little bit bigger crowds. And so we're kind of standing those fears, face, sure. facing those fears, and right. we're dealing with it therapeutically. Right. Instead of avoiding all those crowds and right. letting that fear grow to where this person wanted to go to Disney World with her grandkids, one of my patients, and she was so fearful of crowds, she couldn't do it. And we just started going to the McDonald's play place and then taking it to the next level. And then, really? you know what? She wow. took those grandkids to She Walt did. She oh. sure did. Give us an idea how long the process that might have taken. You know, for her, it was a six-month process. Okay. I would think it would take some time. I don't think it would just happen overnight no, it because you got to really get your mind wrapped around the fact I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this, you know, and I'm going to step out. And you got to do it afraid. You got to do it afraid. Oh, gosh, I got to write that down. Wait a minute. You got to do it afraid because that is something, doctor, you've said recently here on the show a couple times. And I think that really bears explaining. Would you explain what you just said? Well, there's nothing wrong with experiencing fear. We already kind of talked about that. But there is something wrong when we let it hold us back. And so doing it afraid doesn't mean that we do it in the absence of fear. It means we do it even when we feel fear. Right, exactly. So no matter what is happening and we are fearful and we don't know how we're going to get what we're going to do, we should just do it. Do it. Just do it afraid. (laughs) And you know what? The funny thing is, as we face our fears, the fears start going away. Right. Once we start, because most of fears, it's in our head. And I don't want to minimize people's experience of fear, but a lot of it is things that we've grown in our head. And it's an unrealistic Like the what ifs? What if this happens? What if that happens? Is that what you're talking about? So what we do is we grow them in our head and then we continually think about all these terrible catastrophizing right oh there we go there's that word again chris catastrophizing the one that we didn't think was a word a few weeks back but dr angel proved us wrong yes but and we do that and so that makes that fear grow so when we're facing that fear even in small doses right we are conquering that fear right so it's it's like a it's just a step Step-by-step process, isn't it? It is a step-by-step. And each person is an individual. I've seen people where they've, you know, flooded to um, overcome their fears in a couple months. I've seen it take years. But they kept taking their steps and doing it afraid. I like that term, flooded. 
you want to go back over that term again for some people who may not have known what you were talking about a minute ago? That's just where we go in and we do it in therapy a lot. So they'll come in and have a safe person. You you can do this without a therapist. Um, But if you really, if fear is really big, I would always suggest a professional therapist. But we go in together and we face that small dose of that fear. Whatever that fear is, we do it together in a small dose. Okay. And working to desensitize you. Okay. So you go with them to McDonald's? I go with them. Mm -hmm. Seriously. It's a field trip. Oh, my gosh, doctor. That's interesting. Okay, you go with them. And then I might, after we had a few successes, I might give them a homework assignment. This week I want you to do something else. Okay. And then we process it in therapy. And what we're doing is we're taking its power away. Yeah, taking its power away. And it becomes less scary. Mm -hmm. Less scary. Okay. Um, So often I feel like there are, are all these unspoken areas of people's lives where fear lives you know and as we talked earlier a lot of times people just can't put words to it they know something's wrong they know they've got that feeling in the pit of their stomach or anxiety they may call it anxiety and take a pill for it and we're a generation and we're a time in you know a period in time where a pill is given for any kind of anxiety or or fear true (laughs) it is very true and we we are common isn't it that wants to take a pill to get over it. But here's the thing. Even with anxiety pills, pills, fears aren't going away. And so it's definitely something that we have to learn to either do it afraid or learn right. to start facing. It's facing. So a lot of times, um, let's talk about the phobias a minute. I want to ask you about phobias because, uh, first of all, can you define that? And then tell tell us how widespread that is and what are the common phobias, etc. I just threw a bunch at oh, you, you right did. there. Um, phobias are specific and intense fear regarded to one specific item or thing. So some people have like fears of spiders or fears of heights or fears of closed in spaces or fear okay. of crowds. Those are some really common phobias. Okay. So when they're in that situation, they may start experiencing that high anxiety that we call panic attacks. Right. Their heart's racing. They feel like they can't breathe or they can't swallow. They might get dizzy. Like, they feel like they're going to die. And it's a real feeling. They do feel like they're going to die. It is a real feeling. I've not experienced that, so I... I'm picking your brain on this, and but I think it's more common probably than I realize. Oh, I think there's a lot of people who have very specific phobias. Um, it's funny because I, oh my gosh, I was so afraid of heights. Okay. Totally afraid of heights. And I'm the one the person that I've learned that what I let conquers me wins, so I was not going to let my fear conquer me. And okay. so... I started learning to go zip lining and jumping aye, off high things. And I will never forget the first time I did it. I was so scared I couldn't breathe, but I just I did it. You know what? Wow. I lived about it. You did it, it afraid. You know, and now I like it and I love it and I go. You all like the, the zip line? Oh, I love it. Really? Mm-hmm. Whoa! But I have to tell you, when Bush Gardens put that new ride in that big tower that lifts you like three hundred yes. feet up, I was quite afraid on it. I did do it with the boys, but I did have to do some deep breathing (laughs) really but you know what i faced it and i've ridden it many times with them wow okay so that's your advice doctor when you do it afraid and what if someone says man i i I just can't i'm afraid i'm gonna have a heart attack or i'm gonna go into a panic attack that will just you know debilitate me and that can happen. That's when we learn some good techniques like deep breathing that kind okay. of helps to stabilize our body. Anything that can ground us when we're feeling the ground. So feeling our hands touch our, our legs and taking good deep breaths. So those are some things that will help bring our body back to okay. par, to level, homeostasis, where we right. need to be. 
And so having tools, it doesn't mean we're not going to be afraid and our bodies aren't going to have a response. It just means we learn how to deal with it. We learn how to deal with it. So um, to the person who says, you know what, that's fine for somebody, but I I just want to stay just the way I am. Can they? Well, they can. I mean, it's a choice we can make, but it's a choice that's leaving you, you're missing things in your life. And depending on what your fears are, you could be missing a lot. Right. Okay. You know, and a lot of people get stuck in a situation like uh, we were talking about before the show. People are afraid of being alone. Oh, gosh. Yeah. What that wasn't that what um, our dear engineer in there, Chris, do you want to comment for us a minute? Because Dr. Angel just brought up your fear. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I mean, everyone has their own. Yeah. And I think it's difficult sometimes for people to admit what right. their biggest fear is. Um, for me personally, I'm an only child. Okay. So I think this might be common for a lot of people that are only children. Okay. My biggest fear is being alone. Yeah. I spent my, I mean, I grew up, I spent my entire life as an only child. I wasn't alone. I mean, I had, my, you know, my mom. Um you know, but you, no one wants to be alone. Right. And so some people, it's not really a big of a, that big of a deal. Um, but for some people, it's, you know, it's, I, I fortunately don't, I don't think it's a problem for me. Um, I think I'm able to, you know, not let it affect me. Um, I'm the such a personality where I'm outgoing. Like I, sure you I try are. to do things to make sure that that's never, that fear is never going to actually come over me it's never actually going to happen so i am outgoing i try to be as active as i possibly can i try to meet as many new people and make new friends and all that stuff because at the end of the day i don't want to die alone exactly yeah alone i don't want you know i want someone to be at my deathbed right or or whatever exactly I i don't want to go and have someone be like, "Oh, I didn't even know that guy. I didn't even know that guy died. I didn't even know he was gone. I didn't even know he moved. I didn't even know he quit. I didn't right. even know he left his job or he left his wife or he, I didn't even right. know he had. You know what I mean? So I think it's common for a lot of people to live in that kind of a shell, though. Sure, you know. But you've made a conscious effort all your life to get out from that. Right, and I think again, that's the hardest thing. Right, it's hard. To take something that you are fearful of, right? Because obviously, it's a. I, I guess you could look at it as a sign of weakness. You know, if you're admitting, some people do. Yeah. If you're admitting that you're afraid of something, then it might right. make you appear to be weak. Um, so it can be difficult to sort of punch it in the face and right. deal with it head on. But yeah, you have to. But you're saying you're taking decisive decisions. You're doing things on purpose, intentionally. You're doing things to overcome it. Right. And, you know, it's not like I have a list of things that right. I say, okay, this is what I'm going to do <laughs> so that I'm not Let's alone. look at his list. Yes. You know, exactly. Right. You, you don't wake up in the morning and, you know, write stuff on the mirror in no, the bathroom that no. says, this is what I'm going to do so I'm not alone today. Right. You exactly. just make life choices. And there are moments, there are days where, you know, I, I'll be sitting at home by myself and sure. I'm content. I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. You know, and then there's days where I'm home alone and I'm like, man, I got to get out. Right. I got to go do something. Like, right. I can't sit here by myself exactly. all day. Yeah. You know, it's boring. It's, you start to overthink. It can be depressing. Yeah. 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 It can be. You know, you, that's a big, you've been a big help. Thank you for your contribution there. Yeah. And, and piggybacking on that, doctor, I think that sometimes people who have that fear of being alone or dying alone or, you know, getting to the point that 
they don't have anybody to ever go out with or do anything, they sometimes get in relationships that aren't really good for them because of that fear. Do you think? Sometimes they will just grab any relationship that's willing to have them so that they aren't afraid and then they kind of can get stuck in places they don't want to be. And do you, in your in your practice, do you see people that get into wrong relationships just because of that, based on this fear? Oh, definitely. Definitely? definitely. Absolutely. Okay. I, I mean, I'm working with um, some young professionals now. That are, they're in their upper 20s, and they're like, well, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to die alone. So they're dating people they should not be dating. Okay. And I'm like, oops, stop. You have a lot to offer. Right. You need to date the person that is going to fit what you need in your life, not right. just to say I'm not alone right now. Because they're finding themselves in all kinds of trouble and, you know, feeling unhappy and satisfied. So it can hit anybody. Right. But, you know, as Chris was saying, he does it when he doesn't feel like doing it. Oh, that's so important, isn't it? Ooh. Getting you out of your status quo or your... your... Yes, because it's so easy when... To not do something when we're afraid of it definitely takes a lot of effort to say, I want to change this for myself. Right. And so he goes out and hangs with friends and does things that he wants to do and just gets out of the house when he's feeling like it's too right. much. Right. And yeah. that's what we need to be doing is those taking those baby steps one little thing at a time. Well, because the whole thing of allowing fear to control us, you know, is, wow, that's that's depressing. <laughs> well, and it holds us back. It, it holds us back us. from becoming everything we can become. Well, it robs us. It robs us from the life we want to live. And it may he may have had a lot of really great experiences hanging out with friends and making new friendships and doing things that have really improved his life in the right. process. Yeah, absolutely. So, and yeah. That's just what we want to do. We you know acknowledge our fear first. Figure out what what is it that I'm, I'm afraid of. Right. What am I afraid of? Right. And then. And how do people figure that out, doctor, if they're not even sure of the answer to that? And why should they even figure it out? That's, I guess, the better question. Well, knowing what we're afraid of, when we know what it is, we can start working and taking conscious, purposeful choices to help us overcome that. Wow. Okay, so it's important to discover it. That's what I hear you saying. You know, when I think a lot of people know what they're afraid of. Yeah. Fears are pretty strong feeling, and they know what it is. Right. They may not put words to it, but they know what it is. So as um, a homework assignment for our listeners, would you encourage them to put some thought to this and and decide what it is? Maybe even write them down in your oh, journal definitely. or someplace. Definitely. Know what it is. Yeah. List them out. And they, you you may have more than you realized you had. Some people might, oh, don't be ridiculous. I don't have any. And then when you start thinking about it, there's some things that are keeping you from where you want to go. Right. And so, okay, we've got a lot more to talk about in this next uh, 30 minutes here. So stay with us. Call a friend. Invite them to listen, to go yard. Be right back. Listen to this music. Professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. 
Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. This is Megan, an independent ambassador for Plexus, the pink drink. There is finally a healthy solution to help you lose weight. It's a most natural product that will burn fat, not muscle. People around the country are experiencing amazing results, and you can too. Check out my independent ambassador website for my contact info, testimonials, and product information at mkramer, K-R-A-M-E-R, dot myplexus, P-L-E-X-U-S, products, dot com. Is it time to consider a new pool enclosure or beautiful screen room for your family's enjoyment? Family-owned and operated, Boils Aluminum is the place to call for timely installation of all types of seamless guttering and screen enclosures. Boils Aluminum is A-rated on Angie's List and with the Better Business Bureau. Check out their website at boilsaluminum.com or call today for a free estimate at 727-504-9354. Mention this ad for a discount on your project. Boils Aluminum, treating you like family with honest and reliable service. that song welcome back to go yard i'm mama mac along with dr angel falzoni here and we are asking a question tonight doctor what scares you that's the question we're asking even that question is scary we just came through halloween that's a scary time (laughs) but what scares you where where do you find in your life areas that you're afraid you know that's what we're talking about and we were just talking about the fear of being alone that a lot of people really struggle with that don't they absolutely absolutely yeah and they just find that that it's they've got to do something you know because they're afraid of it you know true and then they're more vulnerable to have toxic and unhealthy relationships and exactly all kinds of problems and so fear can force us to making decisions and choices we don't want to make which when we let it reign and rule in our life that's we can exactly get stuck right in places we don't need to be um fear keeps us focused on our past oh and okay. worry takes is overcoming our future so we're not living in the moment when we have all this fear going on oh that's a good way to separate those two worry yeah. and fear so fear is past-based and worry is future-based something that will happen right those are the what ifs, and that's coming in that worry area, which we've done shows on worry, and that's very, very difficult to but for really, people to realize that they need to work on that. We yeah. can't have worry without some kind of fear driving that. That's worry. So right. So they really do kind of go hand in hand. So we're not living in the moment, right? And so when we find ourselves kind of fear based, right? Worry based or fear based, we need to stop and sit in the moment that we're in, right? And and think it through, right? Or get some help. You mentioned getting some professional help. Absolutely. This is something that can, is very conquerable. Yes. Conquerable. I All right. That. It is very conquerable. Um, it's just learning to take those first few steps. And when we start getting success with one fear, it is we have more strength and tools to work out right. another fear. Exactly. And so the more we, we work on this, the more we're able, like you might say, oh, my gosh, I wrote my list. I have 35 massive fears in my life. <laughs> You know what? That's okay. That's all right. Yeah. Because as you start working on one, 
and you have that conquered behind you and then you'll start working on two, you might find that 10, you are able to conquer 10 of them with no problem because you've started gaining yeah. tools. And so yeah. the more we do, the more we can overcome. And it's, it's something that's ongoing. They don't go away. Uh, I, I'm afraid of heights. I'm never not going to be afraid when I got on that tall podium. So are you saying it's something from our childhood or are you saying it's something we're born with? Could be all kinds of things. Fears can come from all kinds of experiences. Okay. And it doesn't mean they're just going to go away one day because right. I've conquered this fear. It means that I'm going to choose to stand at this fear and do it anyway. Do right. Do it afraid. Okay. So what kind of a feeling was that when you realized that, okay, I'm going to start working on this height thing? Or were you forced into it, doctor, because of three teenage boys? Oh, no, actually, I made the choice. Because of t- three teenage boys, I had three sons, and they weren't teenagers at the time. I'm like... I don't want to lose any moments with my kids, and I'm wow. not letting my fear get right. in the way. Right. So it was a conscious decision. Mm-hmm. And it w- was it something that you were like, you said a minute ago, you do it afraid. You were on that zip line doing it afraid, right? Yes, I knew there was only okay. one day, one way down. I was going uh, on, on the line. zip line. <laughs> okay, so with that in mind, how did it make you feel? I, I, maybe you can describe it to your audience when you got to the end of the zip line. Oh my goodness. The I first time. Do you so remember where you were the first time? Much success. And it was in Puerto Rico. I'll never forget the zip line I was even on. It was in Puerto Rico because it had a straight vertical zip, which, oh my gosh, I felt so panicked when I a saw straight that line. vertical zip. It was a rappel line. Yeah, it went straight down at one point. Into the water or no, what? No, we, we landed on another platform. Ay, yeah, yeah. It was coming down the rainforest. It was amazing. It's actually probably the best zip line I've ever done in my life. Really? But when I got to the end of that, oh, my gosh, I had conquered so much. The fear of heights, this vertical rappel line. Like, I felt so successful (laughs) that within a year I was on another another zip. Wow. Okay. And I have, you know, like I said, I might have to do a little deep breathing. I might have to talk to myself a little bit. You got this. You can conquer this. But with each conquering gives me that success to handle it again. You know, that is all interesting. You know, skydiving. I've never done that. But. You know, uh, former President Bush did this, what was on his 80th birthday? I believe he skydived. And I'm I'm driving down the road the other day, and there's this big billboard, and it says uh, something about skydiving is safer than. And, you know, like a couple things, you know, safer than even driving in your car, you know. Um, and, and all of that. You know, you realize, wow, this isn't that bad after all. You know, when you do things, that's what you're saying. You're saying do it, and then you'll realize it's not that bad. Absolutely. Just take steps towards it. I'm not saying you have to jump off the zip line if you have a fear of heights, but we can take steps to desensitize ourselves and to conquer that fear in some way or another. So do you feel, doctor, that as so many people are – you know, going through difficult things in their lives, maybe at, at an early age, that some of that stuff is can be overcome, some of that old fear, by just making decisive moments and steps like you're talking about. Absolutely. You know, here's some of the, the big fears people are... Um can recognize easier you know the the ones we were talking about with the phobias right heights the closed in spaces but some people and i see in therapy the ones that hold them back the most are fear of success fear of success wow absolutely how now how can you be afraid of how can you be afraid of being successful so explain that to us doctor well then there's going to be more expectations people are going to expect more from me and what if i can't measure up and what if this doesn't you know 
XYZ in this what if mode handles right. and success because it's change, it's different, it's upward mobility, mm-hmm. it's a new level mm-hmm. can definitely bring on fear. Exactly. Um, fear of failure is another huge right. fear that holds people back. So then they don't even attempt things because what if I don't make it? Then what will people think of me? And, right. You know, so they don't even attempt it. Right. Exactly. Um, so those are two biggies that really... Fear of things not going the way I want them to go, you know, causes a lot of people to be very controlling, don't you think? Oh, definitely. <laughs> well, and, you know, we talk about, we've talked about domestic violence relationships yes, on we many have. shows, but, you know, they're very fear-based. It really is based in fear. Say, and, explain that. Well, the person who's using control, power and control, is fearful of being alone. And I have I have really believed that, and I've seen this in different people's lives where the person that is the abuser, so to speak, is actually a, a, a bully, but a baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a baby, really. Well, and there's been attachment studies done, and it show that they have this fearful, avoidant attachment style. So their fear, there's they have a fear of attaching, but and they want to avoid it, but their fear of not attaching. So this is that give and take that you see in domestic violent relationships. Wow. Wow. Okay. And a lot of those people that have fallen into that trap and they're the abuser, they don't seem to see what it is they're doing. Don't you think, doctor? I mean, I mean, they know the, the consequences or, I mean, they know the action that happens and they're, they're told, wait a minute, you beat this woman up or whatever. But it's like they don't seem to be in touch with why they are the way they are. No, it's definitely something that takes a lot of work, professional therapy. Right. And a lot, a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So for the average uh, audience uh, listener today that might say, well, you know, those are huge things. I I don't have those kinds of huge things. But I like the fact that you brought in fear of success because a lot of times people are stuck right where they are because of fear of change, basically. Right? Right. And now there's going to be new expectations and people are going to, you know need more from me and can i can i do this am i going to be good enough am i right. going to be what they think i'm going to be so they won't put in for job promotions right not because they're not qualified not because they don't have the skills but because they have a fear of it exactly yeah how does this carry over into parenting you know i mean a lot of times we pass on those same fears to our children don't you think Oh, very much. Very often. Fears can be learned and fears can be experienced. Right. And so we do, we can teach our children our fears. Right. Very easily, which we need to be guarded about how we express our fears. Some things are very, we should be afraid of. We should be afraid of strangers. We should be teaching our children those. Yeah. That we don't go up to strangers. Right. Uh, We don't run out in traffic. Those are things that we should be passing on. But we're passing on our fears of success, our fears of failure, our fears of loneliness, our fears of whatever. And what I see with um, parents who parent in fear, and there right. are a lot of parents who do that, they become more of that helicopter parent. Okay. Where they're just everywhere, hovering all over this child and everything. They're not letting this child learn and grow. Right. Because they're fear, they have a fear that something bad is going to happen if they're not there. Don't you think that's common in a lot of parenting? Or how common do you think that is? I should ask you that. Well, I don't have numbers in front of me, but I think it's it's extremely common, and I'm seeing it more and more with our new generation, that parents aren't allowing the kids the freedom to face things and 
they're hovering them and doing the helicopter mentality because they're afraid of, well, what if my kid doesn't make friends? So they're finding their kids' friends and setting up their kids' playdates and not letting kids learn natural things they need to learn so they can be successful adults. Yeah, I think this um, generation of the 20s, 30s, 40s something seems to be very much like that. I, I've seen this in a lot of a lot of them. You know, that that's that overprotectiveness, you know. It is. And we need to protect our children, don't get me wrong, but there is overprotection is harming them. Right. And so when I, I encourage our um, parents, because they think it's very loving to be, I'm always there for my kid and I'm always with my kid. And they see that as a sign of love, but it's right. fear-based parenting. And so letting our kids have natural exploration is how they learn and grow and develop. Wow. And taking wow. that from them, we're giving them gaps in their development that is going to hurt them later on in life. Okay. So how do they reverse that, doctor? What would you advise as a We'll therapist start, who works with families predominantly start small uh, back off let your child do something let your child if have their success or their failure or make their own friend or you know learn to do things and navigate things on their own how about the parent who's so afraid of their kid going down the wrong path that they feel like if they never allow them to be around uh quote-unquote bad kids whatever those are then they won't want to be a bad kid and that's not necessarily what, true. A quote unquote bad kid whatever that means there are a lot of parents who think they can save their kids from the bad kids and you know right. here's the thing is giving our kids a moral compass giving our kids guidance letting them know we're there those are the right. things that help our kids be successful exactly and learn how to navigate good friendships um talking to your kids it's a big thing with mine we talk about what's a good friend what's not a good friend my kids make friends my oldest my second oldest had a friend who was not a good quality friend and we talked about that relationship and is this the kind of person you want to align yourself with right he had to make the decision to keep or not keep the relationship and he kept it for about six months and then he realized this was not the person i want as my friend but it was his choice so he began to see some consequences of that decision, right? Absolutely. But we talk about it. Instead of saving them from it, let them feel it when the feeling can be, when it can be a small consequence. You know, for him, it was just getting made fun of at school where the kid, you know, had a bunch of kids making fun of my son. So he learned in that moment, ooh, this kid gets hurt on me. He's not faithful as a friend. Right. Exactly. Instead, letting them learn that in their 20s or 30s, it could be, you know... Devastating. Going down with drug busts or all kinds of stuff. Exactly. So you're saying, you're advocating that parents allow their kids to experience some life yet with supervision but yet there's ways to do this right absolutely supervision is important and talking about it right talking about what you're quite a talker when it comes to your boys i know you are i am well we we talk about all kinds of stuff we play lots of board games or have family meals together and we bring up all kinds of topics and we talk about it what do you think why do you think that and right letting them learn to develop their own moral compass for themselves so that right. i can trust when my kids are out at school or in, out in the world that they're making the choices that they've learned how to make exactly because they're afraid that mom's going to find out. And there's gonna right. Be- oh, no. that We don't want that to be the motivator, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Wow. So I think this is very helpful because what you're saying here, what we're saying here on this show is that we all have things that scare us. We all have things that we don't want to repeat that have happened to us as younger, maybe years back or whatever. And a lot of times those very things are what, continue to keep us in certain habit patterns right absolutely they do 
and because we're afraid of it happening again. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we've had a negative experience early on in life or had something that caused a great deal of fear or distress occur, right. we can definitely replay that out over and over in our life in different ways. Right. So what we're doing is we're living and we're letting it hold us hostage. Exactly. Yeah. And fear really is the opposite of courage to, to change and to become something better than we are right now. Well, you know, I've heard the acronym used for fear, and I love it. Yeah. Fear, false evidence appearing real. I like that, too. It is. It's right on. It's totally dead on. And if we really sit and look at what we're fearful about, so many things that we're fearful about aren't right. super realized. Right. And so when we begin to face those things, like we're talking about, it takes courage, doesn't it? It takes courage to to actually face them, look at them, do something about it. That's what we're talking about. This takes courage to, but what better way to live your life than to say, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something about this." What's your what scares you, Doctor Angel? It's time for you to answer this. Chris answered it a minute ago. Oh, putting me on the spotlight. I am. I yes, am. I can tell you what I'm afraid of is living in regret. Living in regret. Explain so that. I have a fear of regret, of not doing something that I should have or could have done and regretting it later on. Wow. Wow. When did you develop that fear? <laughs> Actually, it was developed in my 30s um, because I was very fear-bound for a long time in my own personal life. Okay. And so I wouldn't make steps. I wouldn't make moves. I was so let fear. And then I started saying, you know what? Enough. I'm going to do it afraid. If right. I fail at it, I don't care. At least I know I tried and I can't regret something I've tried. Right. And that's where that fear of regret started to develop of just going out there and trying it. You never know what's going to happen. But that takes courage to even realize that you don't want to get to a point in your life where you look back and you regret, regret, regret. And I think that we could do a whole show on regret because I think there's so many people that live in those regrets every day. And it's like quicksand, which we've talked about quicksand many times. You start down that, that you know, it pulls you down, that regret. It can get you down in a slippery slope there. Absolutely. So I would rather, you know, try something and fail than not have tried. Right. Exactly. So it's why I kept trying, and then I found lots of success along the way. So it's been right. an amazing ride. So you don't have any regrets about fighting regret? No, I do not. <laughs> not at this point in my life. Right. How about you, Mama Mac? You know, I really have a lot to accomplish yet in this life that I feel that I want to accomplish, especially things like this show, our other show on Sunday, teaching the principles of God's Word. There's so many people that I want to reach and help, you know, and... Um, you know, every day is important that we make the most of our time. You know, I, I just heard this morning about a guy's friend who, who just killed over a heart attack, 62 years old, just happened this week, you know, is his best friend. And he was just like shock. He was in shock as he's telling me this story this morning. He's still teary over it, it happened last week. And he said, how could that be? You know, and I think, doctor, I think that we all need to have a better perspective on possibly how short life really is. It is short, and that's why it's really important for us to live in the moment. It that's is. That's the only moment we're promised. Right. And so what we, we, we let fear take over. We're not in this moment. We're in two different other moments, but we're not here and now and present. And that's where we need to live. Right. In the here and the now. So how about that old Bucket List movie? Remember that? Was that the name of that movie? 
Oh no! Years ago, was it, the it, it was yeah. the name of the movie. Chris, do you remember it? Yeah, the bucket list. Yeah, it was with I want to oh. say Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholson. I think it was. That sounds familiar. Yeah. I think I remember Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, I'm pretty sure Jack Nicholson was the one who was trying to get things out of his bucket list or accomplish. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. Um, you can have, <laughs> you can, you can apply this, the, the whole concept of a bucket list all your life. You know, you can. And here's one of the things I want to talk to people about, because it can be a little slippery slope, because a lot of people make bucket lists that they want to accomplish before they die with the thought that they're going to live till they're 80 or 90 years old. So we're going to just work hard now. That way we can live out our bucket list later on in life and things happen. Life happens. Right. So I encourage people to make bucket lists, but start doing something on it every year. now. Right. Exactly. Don't now, wait. Don't wait. You're not promised that those years and net, you know, health may fail. Things might come up. Right. And you're not able to do it. And so um, I knew this businessman. He grew a very um, successful business in the area and him and his wife grew it together and they were going to wait till retirement and they were going to live on their yacht and have this great retirement. And at 38, she was struck in with stage four breast cancer oh, and died. Wow. And they were never able to fulfill that. He has a great successful business, but not with the one he wanted to have it oh wow yeah so things like that happen and it's tragic but we need to live in our bucket life bucket list all the time do something every year off your list yeah and whatever it is that's important to you make the most of it you know i think this is a very important topic doctor that we need to look at personally i mean people need to take time alone maybe you know quiet time at the beach wherever thinking about some of those fears and what they want to do about them Absolutely. Because if we can acknowledge it, we can start making a plan of attack and we can stop allowing these fears to shackle us. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, in, in, gosh, in going over all of this in people's lives, when they sit down and they take a look at it, don't be afraid to come up with a plan. You know, like you just said, don't be afraid to do your things on your bucket list way before you're 85, you know. Get thinking about it right away. Right. And don't let that fear control you. That's what I hear you saying today, doctor. No, we need to take back our power. And you hear me say that all the time. Oh, my gosh. We hear you say it all the time. (laughs) How about ask, you know, encouraging our listeners to become more creative, perhaps, in the process of getting over certain fears? I mean, they can always they can always try new things is what I'm trying to say. Instead of going back over the same old stuff all the time that doesn't work, perhaps. Absolutely. Get creative. Try something new. Elicit some ideas from people you trust. Um, If you're afraid of a certain place or a certain situation, bring someone in that you trust and handle it and fix it in little bits of of time. I'm not saying that, like, if you're afraid of crowds that go spend the whole day at the bush gardens day one, I'm saying maybe take a half hour and do something, go to the mall during... And, and that Shopping we're, we're, season. we're about out of time, but how valuable is it, would you say, especially with this topic, conquering fears, to do things we've never done before, new things? It is totally valuable. First of all, we're going to be growing as people. Okay. And we're going to be gaining 
tools and skills that will assist us at facing more things in our life, not just fears, but struggles and conflicts and things that arise. And we will start having more tools. So when we're faced with something, we're not like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? We're like, I got this. I got this. I've done this before. Your story today about the zip lining in Puerto Rico will stick with me for a long time because that just shows courage. That shows, you know, I'm I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it afraid. You know, the concepts we've been talking about today on the show, I think, apply to a whole lot of people. And discover new things. Do new things. I think we need to encourage our audience to try things they've never tried before. Vacations, road trips, whatever. Absolutely. Experiences. Get out there and do it. Meet new people. How does that affect us also when it comes to this topic? Well, meeting new people are just giving us more tools for our support system. Right. You never know who you're going to meet and what they've been through and how they got through it. You might get a whole different idea. And as we are opening up to people sometimes about some of these things, just like that, your story. It's your life story, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's your story. Ziplining is part of your story. Wow. Should, should our audience want to want to develop that story? They should. They should work on developing their story and saying, you know what? Fear. I've had fear. I've let it hold me back enough. Now it's my turn to take over this power, and I'm I'm going to do this. Okay. That's Dr. Angel, all about taking back your power. All right. And some of you out there have got some really serious things to overcome. Why don't you really make an effort to think about it and do something about it in this new week? Next week, we'll have a new topic. So, uh, parting words, Dr. Angel. Just take your fears little by little. Little by little. That flooding concept. Overcome Mm -hmm. it gradually, right? Yes. All right. This has been Go Yard, as always, every week at this time with Mama Mac and Dr. Angel. Have a good week, everybody. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. Good night.